السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين We thank Allah جل وعلا for having granted us the opportunity once again to resume our live sessions بإذن الله Today we will be speaking about a rather interesting topic and that is to do with people's interests, people's hobbies what they may be doing. Obviously, everybody is different. Everybody has different likes, different interests. How does this fit in as a Muslim? As a Muslim, is our life all about playing and fun and games? Or is our life only about ibadah and worshipping Allah forever and carrying on the whole time, you know, pushing ourselves to where we find that there is no human aspect left of our life? So as we wait for Sheikh Ibrahim to come, inshallah, I'll start. When we look at the topic of interests and hobbies and what uh, people want to do on the side as Muslims, as simple as this topic may seem, we have to realize that the people who follow, the people who listen, people who are Muslim in general, people are of different levels. So you find there are those who are more students of knowledge. They are interested in learning the deed. They're interested not only in doing what's compulsory upon them, they want to do much more. Then there are others who may not be students of knowledge. However, uh, they may be into business, they may have their own jobs, they may be accountants, etc., etc. They also are Muslims. They are doing what is compulsory upon them. However, when we look at their lives also, we find that there is a human aspect involved. So the first category, those who are students of knowledge, those who may want to learn a lot, we all agree that there is that human aspect involved. So people cannot read their books the whole day or read the Quran for 24 hours and carry on and on and on. And that's why when we look at the hadith of Rasulullah we find one day that there were three people who came to the wives of the messengers of the messenger and they asked about his acts of worship. After hearing about the acts of worship of the messenger they felt that if this is the messenger, what about us? So one of them said that I will fast and I will no longer eat. The second one said that he would not sleep and he would stay up the whole night. And the third said he wouldn't marry anybody. When the Messenger وسلم, heard about this, he addressed the people and he became very upset, basically telling them that Islam is not Rahbana. Islam is not where a person goes and locks himself into a certain type of worship forever and ever and ever. No, there is a human aspect involved. The Messenger Sallallahu then said that he himself, he performs salah at night and he also sleeps. He himself, he, he fasts and he also eats. He himself, he gets married or he's married women. So it's not that he, you know, took himself out of society. No, there was a human aspect involved. So wherever you may be, the very bottom, the main thing is you are doing what is compulsory upon you. So you're performing your compulsory salawat. If zakah is part of compulsory upon you, you are giving it. Your siyam, your fasting, you are doing that which is compulsory. More than that is extra. Yes, it's encouraged. However, there are people who may not be able to do more than that. That's why one quoted in Sahih al-Bukhari, he says, after asking Rasulullah about some of the acts of worship, the Messenger وسلم, explains to him that there are five salawat. Then he asks, is there anything more when it comes to salah? And Rasulullah says, there is nothing more that is compulsory. 
However, if you want to do some nafil, some voluntary things or some voluntary salah, you may do that. And that's good for you. Same when it comes to zakat. After telling him what was compulsory, he then told him that if you want to give anything extra, that's up to you. He then went to fasting and the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam told him what's compulsory. The man then asked if there's anything extra and he said that only if you want to do anything voluntary. As he was going, he said that, Wallahi, I will not increase or decrease when it comes to this. I will follow it to the T. I won't do anything extra, but I won't do anything less. So the Messenger وسلم, said, Aflaha in Sadaq. He will be successful if he is truthful. So as we see again, people on different you know, places in the spectrum, there are those who want to do a lot of good deeds, a lot of voluntary good deeds, and that is for them. And there are those who just want to do the fara'id do something which, you know, they know it's fard, and after that, they don't really, or they're unable to do much more. We encourage them to do more. However, if they don't want to, then it's their choice. After realizing that, and after realizing that every person, no matter what level they're on, they have a human aspect to them, we come to the topic of, you know, hobbies and interests, and what people do in their free time. After a person has done everything that's compulsory upon him, his salah is in order, his zakah is in order, his fasting is in order, if hajj is compulsory upon him, it's in order. And before all that, his belief in Allah, worshipping one Allah, believing in Allah the way uh, he has ordered us to believe in him, after all that is in order, and a person may have extra time, there is no harm as a Muslim to do something that is permissible on the side. So if you're interested in fitness, or if you're interested in sports, or if you're interested in doing something that's permissible, it's not encouraged, or it's not haram, something just permissible, and that is for you to do. And people are of differing, or people have different interests. So if we ask the people in the comments, for example, if you ask them what do they do in their free time, and maybe for those who are following, they can mention it, you would find that people have different interests. There are those who are maybe more sports inclined. There are those who maybe uh, cook a bit more. They're more interested into cooking and making desserts and that type of thing. As we mentioned, the first point, as long as it's not something that is haram and clashing with that which is compulsory, then it is okay. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Sheikh? How's it going? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Wallahi, sorry I left you in the, in the lurch there. You know, uh, I was busy trying to get the internet all going and uh, it was really bad, my side, yeah. No problem at all. I think uh, we were just speaking about this topic when it comes to people's interests, people's hobbies, people's likes. And we said that before we get into the topic, we have to agree on a few things. Muslims, every Muslim is different. Different in the sense that when it comes to their acts of worship, right, there are those who want to do that which is compulsory and more. So example, you find, let's say, students of knowledge or people who are big mashayikh, mashallah, they more into, not only is the fard or what is compulsory in order, they also want to read more, learn more, have qiyamul layl, do a lot more. They are maybe towards the higher part of the spectrum, obviously judging is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there are those who may be a bit less, a bit less, a bit less. But no matter on what part of the spectrum you may be, we all have to acknowledge that there is a human side to every person. 
no matter how pious they may be. As in the hadith of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where a man came to the wives, or a few men came to the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and asked about his acts of worship. After hearing about that, one of them said that I will eat, uh, I will fast and not eat. The other said he would stay up the whole night and he wouldn't sleep. Another said he wouldn't marry any women. After the Messenger وسلم, heard about this, he became upset and he told them that I am the best from amongst you, the most fearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yet I still sleep at night. And I also perform salah at night. I marry women. I also eat and there's times I fast. So he speaks about this balance. And if we look at this balance, if the Messenger وسلم, himself is telling us about this, we realize that every human being, every Muslim, no matter what level you are on, you have that human element. You have that human element that you have to address. Otherwise, somebody, they may lose it mentally. They may carry on doing things until they, they suffer completely. So Islam is not all about rahbana, about only being in Quran only or salah only, but at the same time, it's not only fun and games. Where do we draw our balance or our level? We say the very bottom is if a person's fara'id, what's compulsory upon you is in order. Your salah, your zakah, your fasting. If that's in order, then you've got this, the top end of the spectrum. People usually fall in between there. After that, we can then talk about hobbies and interests, etc. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, having a balance is very, very important uh, in life. So you have the extreme where people are involved in ibadah and worship and they're only uh, interested in that and nothing else. And at some point, those people actually suffer from what is known as burnout because now they're feeling tired. They've, they've, they've done so much ibadah and they continue to do so much ibadah uh, and worship and engage in you know the seeking of knowledge etc that they just get tired and they discard the human side of things where you've got to have a life you've got to you know uh, be social you've also got to have some hobbies etc where you take time out to relax and uh, you know basically switch off from your life at times so i think it's important to have a balance uh, between these several different aspects of life and in this way you'll become a better and more productive human being so you find even in the the impact that this has on your ibadah and your worship and your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through not only through ibadat but through your mu'amalat and everything as well your interactions and uh, transactions etc they they tend to become more uh, productive as well because now you've got a balance of uh, different things Yes, Islam ultimately is a balance. We're not saying that those who are doing good deeds, you must leave them. No, what we're saying is that everybody has a human aspect to them, this human part. That's why in the hadith of uh, Salman radiallahu anhu and Abu Darda, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam then acknowledges or he agrees to what Salman radiallahu anhu tells Abu Darda, that everything has its right. So yes, uh, the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered you to carry out certain acts of worship, yes, you put time there, you do what is compulsory there, but also your family has a right, your nafs, your body has a right, it needs to rest, it needs time for itself. So putting everything in its place. Shaykhana, when it comes to hobbies, when it comes to people's interests, obvious, obviously people are different. 
what I like maybe not the same as what somebody else likes. People sometimes are more involved into sports. Others are more into reading. Others are more into cooking, maybe. I think we can all agree as Muslims, number one, as long as, as we mentioned, your faraid, what's compulsory upon you is in order. If that box is ticked, then come to your hobbies. Whatever is permissible, it's as long as it's not haram then you are allowed to do it. So let's say you're playing sport, you're not missing any salah, you're not doing anything haram, then that is for you. You are allowed to do it. Yes, uh, absolutely. And you know, when it comes to hobbies, what you've got to do is try and look for a hobby that uh, is beneficial as well. So it will, you know, it will benefit you in some way, either your deen or your dunya, it's got to benefit you in some way uh, whatsoever. Because if you are uh, doing something that brings no benefit at all whatsoever, then that will actually uh, be of harm to you. And uh, yes, I know a lot of people have seen that I'm involved in uh, beekeeping. And it's something that I was thrown into. So it's very interesting. It's something that I really uh, have learned to enjoy. Uh, I was just thrown into the deep end, so to speak, because I was gifted this hive. And I didn't really expect it to come at the time. Subhanallah, I was very interested in it from the time I had seen it, but I never expected to actually receive it and begin. And uh, yeah, it was very interesting, to be honest with you. You know, if you have, as you mentioned, you do something, try to do something that's of benefit to you and those around you. And it can be something of benefit that benefits you in this world and the next. So I give you an example, somebody who's keeping bees, looking after them, etc. the honey you get you then go and give so many people and with the correct intention, even in that, you know, you are rewarded for that. You, the main thing is your intention and you can have more than one intention. So your intention, for example, when it comes to keeping bees, firstly, as we know, there's pollution, etc. Your intention, remember, a Muslim who even throws a seed, that's why it's mentioned that if the hour had to come and you have some seeds in your hand, throw it. In other ahadith, why? Because if you throw it in the the thing can grow at least. You're trying to do a good deed. In other ahadith, a person who grows something, there is no animal that benefits from it or a person who benefits from the shade, etc. Except that this benefit is a sadaqah for this person. So you look after animals, uh, whatever honey you get, you give it to the people. You're doing something that keeps you occupied. A person who also does something which is permissible with the intention of staying away from haram. Allah, he will be rewarded. Remember the, the virtue of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worse, very wide. Somebody who is used to, for example, going for, I don't know, let's say going to the clubs or going somewhere, maybe if you substituted it to gym at night with the intention of staying away from that club and going there, Allah, you can be rewarded also. Yes, wallahi, I think that's important. We, we, you're trying to get rid of a habit and you replace it with another. Uh, that habit should be productive and you should replace it with another because, you know, having no alternative, just leaving it open, uh, you'll find yourself thinking about your bad habits and going back to them, engaging in them. But if you've got some productive behavior that you've uh, basically replaced that bad habit with, then you're more likely to give it up and start engaging in that. You know, I was just talking with uh, uh, Brother Wail, and it was a very interesting discussion the other day where how, how we were talking about giving up porn addiction. And when someone's addicted to something, it can be uh, pornography, it can be heroin, cocaine, whatever it is. 
uh, and he, he was saying that, you know, when you replace it and you begin to work towards it and you feel the reward system within your mind, it's rewarding you now. You, you're actually getting that dopamine, so to speak, the injection of dopamine in your mind, the pleasure, sensory uh, feelings that you feel of happiness, because now it's been replaced. It's in a much smaller dosage and quantity, but at least you've replaced it with something. Whereas if you've left it open completely, you start browsing through your phone or you in the same area where drug dealers are, you're going to more likely, you know, fall back into that uh, habit. So I think even in that, we can see that hobbies and interests can actually benefit a person in this way, where you use your interests and hobbies to uh, do some, find an alternative to the bad habits that you engaging in. You know, I was once reading a book a few years back. I think it was called The Habit Loop or something. I didn't finish reading it. But there's a few interesting things he mentions in that book. One of them, he speaks about how habits form. And he says, sometimes when you've developed a habit, as far as I remember, if anybody's read the book, you can correct me. But he says that if you see something, that's usually your trigger to do something. So you, you've, you've got into this habit where you look at something, that's your trigger, you then see it, and then you start doing it. So for you to change your habit, you need to get away from that trigger. And you have to, as you mentioned, put something else in, do something else with that time you, you, you were spending on doing something bad or bad habit you're trying to get rid of. Also stay away from that trigger point. So if you are used to smoking, you want to give up smoking, Number one, stay away from the company who was allowing you to smoke. How does all this tie into hobbies? When you leave something, when you leave something you are used to embedded into, you are going to fill, fill that time with something else. If it's not going to be good deeds, if it's not going to be something that is uh, salah or Quran, at least make it something permissible. Go horse riding, go to gym, start cooking, do something else. But you'd rather be doing something Permissible than something haram. Shekhna, tell us some of your hobbies. Well, what are you engaged in? What do you do? Uh, I think if somebody had to see me, I'd, uh, I don't know what type of hobbies they would think I have. But uh, before that, I'll, I'll get to before that because a lot of different people are following in the stream. You know, I'm of the opinion, I know a lot of people will disagree with me here, but anything that's permissible, as long as it's not haram, go and do it. I'm, I support somebody who wants to become a professional gamer. As long as the games you are not playing, there's something wrong with them. And as long as you're not missing your salah, your whatever's compulsory upon you, you're not disobeying your parents. Because what happens, we find the world we're living in today, you may have a talent or a hobby, and you're able to build your whole lifestyle on top of it. You, you, you no longer have to go to school. You no longer have to become an accountant. You no longer have to become a doctor. Your parents who once told you, we're not saying disobey them. They try and listen to everything they say. But you don't have to go that route. So sometimes your hobby, your hobby of cooking, of making cakes, your hobby of doing something may become the business or the livelihood you then live off. And why we mention this is, yes, Islam is worship, Islam is ibadah, but you also have to live in this world. And if you can live in this world without being a burden on somebody else, that's, you know, khair wa barakah, that's something good. If it's through professional gaming, as long as it's not haram, so be it. If it's through cooking or if it's through uh, product reviews, whatever it may be, you know, go and do it. There's a lot of opportunity out there. Don't sit at home as somebody who's uh, 
uh, you know, feel, feels like the whole world has come close, or the whole world has closed upon you and there's nothing for you to do. No, there's a lot that you can do. Wallahi, I love, I love the fact that you're saying that whatever is halal, engage in it, do it, you know, it's not a problem because uh, there's a lot of mashayikh out there that make you feel as though you, the Islam is very restrictive to the point where you can't do anything. And then there's some that make it uh, seem like anything and everything is allowed. Uh, so we need to strike that balance where you say, okay, look, whatever is halal, do it. And whatever is haram, uh, then leave it out. Uh, so whatever is halal and you like it and you enjoy it, then do it. Like, like we see the Prophet ﷺ is telling this person that, you know, for everything, there's its right time. So uh, even the Sahabi who came and he said that, you know, we feel like as if we are very spiritual with you. And then when we leave you, we feel our, you know, we feel a bit of a down. So Rasulullah ﷺ tells him, Sa'ahu sa'ah, you know, an hour and an hour. Of course, he wasn't telling him to engage in haram, but He's telling him that, look, for your dunya, you also need time. You need to take out time to engage in the dunya, do what you've got to do to, to, to live and survive. And I think this is part of it. You know, a, a normal human existence where you're, you're living, you've got hobbies, you've got interests, you engage in them at times. You also uh, don't become too excessive with them. You do that which is productive. And like you said, you know, when you've got something that you're interested in, Say it's professional gaming, it's halal, there's nothing wrong with it. And you're earning money out of it, out of that uh, particular hobby, then you're most likely going to be very successful at it since you already like it anyway. So why not do it? You know, why not engage in it? You like it, you enjoy it, it's halal, there's nothing wrong with the uh, gaming pro process, so to speak. Uh, as long as there's, it's not a haram video game, you're enjoying it, you're benefiting from it. Alhamdulillah, someone who's uh, got another hobby that they're interested in, good for them. You know, if they do well with it, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, and as we mentioned at the beginning, there's people at different levels of the spectrum. So as we saw, one Sahabi who told the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's not going to increase on anything that's more than compulsory. His Salah, he would not do anything more, and his Zakah, not anything more, his fasting. And the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Aflaha in Sadaq, he'll be successful if he's truthful. So there's people there, yes, there's people who may not want to, and rightly so. What we're trying to say is, even if you are that level of the spectrum, you have your Qiyamul Layl and your Salah, and your zakah. there's a human aspect to your life. Sometimes, as you mentioned, that uh, when you, you know, see, there's a difference between seeing a sheikh or listening to a sheikh, and then there's a difference between being around a sheikh. Any sheikh you accompany, mm. you'll find that human aspect to them. You might listen to all their lectures, sit with them for a little while when they're not teaching, listen to their speech, listen to when they smile, when they laugh, when they talk you'll find it. So I think sometimes, especially those who are more into knowledge and that you think that you can only be a good student of knowledge if you frown with everybody or you cross with everybody. And that's, that's not the way. There's, there's a balance and the best example is the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Some people were speaking about other hobbies. Maybe if those who are following, you can, you can mention what interests you, what do you do in your spare time, your free time. Some people asking a few questions. Somebody is saying team sports. Yes, you'll, you'll actually learn a lot from sports. When we were young, we used to play a lot of golf. And on the golf course, we learned, in fact, from my father. My father is a businessman. 
I've learned things from my father that I've not learned from any sheikh. I'll give you an example. When playing golf, if we used to hit a bad shot, or, you know, when you hit a shot that's going completely out, he would always tell us that put your head down and you can hit it. And you say, you know what, I can't, I can't, I can't get it to wherever it is. He'd say, no, you can. And we learned how to think positively, how to think that everything is possible. And to be honest, I haven't learned that from any sheikh. Where did I learn it? I learned it on the golf course, to say that anything in life is possible. Okay. <laughs> People were asking about hobbies, as we mentioned, that uh, we did play a lot of sport growing up. I mean, I've still got friends from school, still you know, in touch with them. And we played a lot of sport we, in athletics and golf and that type of thing. And I always thought that I would either go into Dean or I would go into professional sports, nothing else. Even though at school, I can't say fortunately or unfortunately, we were good at school, but I didn't find a liking. or I, I didn't see myself working as an accountant or working something. Yes, it's important to know these things, to have a gist of it. So as we mentioned before, sometimes a hobby can eventually become your whole life. So you find people who went on to play professional sports or who went on to do other things. Right now, I think I'm more interested. Well, I, I, I try. I can't claim to do it, but I try to have a bit of a balance in the sense that in the morning, you try to do your Quran and what you need to do in terms of your, your Islamic work. After that, I'll read about growth. I'll read about business. There's a few people I follow. And I'll tell you something funny that I followed quite a, quite a few people and learned so much more from them. And what I think my new hobby is actually just learning from everybody else, just seeing what this person is doing and learning from them and seeing what this person is doing and learning from them and try to implement it in my own life. I think, I think that currently is my hobby. I think uh, Sheikh Ibrahim is not with us, so maybe we can't hear him. And nonetheless, it's an interesting topic. If we, yeah, if there's any any questions, we could answer. We could see maybe if anybody's got something else to say. What business are you in your interest? So I'll tell you something interesting is that uh, I, after learning in uh, Jamia Islamia, I'm still in Medina University, learning the Arabic language, and then I learned one year in the Thanawiya or the high school. After that, in Kuliyat Sharia. I learned four years, but in my third year, I got more interested in the Islamic business side of things because I saw that Islam also has rulings when it comes to these things. However, my real business interest only started when I went uh, last year, I went to China with my father and I saw how many, you know, how, how big and how vast the world is and how much you can do. And also on that trip, we stopped in a few countries and I met Muslim businessmen. So uh, there's one of them who follows in the stream. Usually I met him. I saw the good work they do. I met others. Uh, you know, China is an interesting place to go to, especially those who are in business. So I, I just saw something open. And for me, what I feel is, yes, there's a lot of people teaching uh, about Islam, teaching about uh, you know, read your salah, read your zakah. Yes, those are pillars of Islam. Nobody's denying that. But I find that there is a disconnect when it comes to the worldly side of it. A lot of people, they think this is not part of Islam. So I feel that I'm more interested in supporting people who are in 
not I wouldn't say more interested, but I'm interested in wanting to hear from these business people because if you look at it, study the seerah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, study the Khulafa al-Rashidun, you will find a lot of a lot of decisions were business decisions. I wouldn't say purely business. There was the Islamic aspect, but there was also a business aspect of it, or there was also an economical aspect of it. Look at the Mu'akha. Look at when the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam paid the Muhajirun and Ansar. Yes, it was good to bring the Muslims together. It was good to help those to get on their feet, but it's also an economical decision, or we could say that not a decision, but there was economic benefit from it. You've got people who no longer are looking for houses. You've got people, they've got a place to stay. They've, they've been put on their feet. Look at Umar radiallahu anhu, when he brought the diwan and he got the people to record everybody who was getting money. There's a lot of business and a lot of economics and a lot of management involved in this. And that interests me a lot. It was nice to hear from you. Inshallah, inshallah. Barakallahu feekum. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullah.